I'm thrilled to be here today with PC Dave Wardle and fabulous former police dog, Fabulous Finn. So hi Dave hi. and Finn. Hello boy, how you doing? You're looking well. So, I don't know if any of you have the chance, but if you haven't, read Fabulous Finn, the brave police dog that came back from the brink. It's a 10, top 10 bestseller, there it is. And one of our lucky people that sent in a question will have a chance to win this book, which will be signed by Dave and Finn. So, thanks everyone for sending in your question. So, Finn's won a lot of awards. So, I was reading that he's won the Kennel Club Friend for Life Award, the Pet Dispensary for Sick Animals Gold Medal, and the International Fund for Animal Welfare Animal of the Year Award. So, he's a special boy. Yeah. He is, and he's, he's got a very full, full shelf of, of medals. I haven't got a single one. Oh. He's, he's very well because he's got a full shelf of medals. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, you. You trained Finn, is that right? Yeah, so I mean, he, he, his mum and dad were both police dogs. Uh, they were from West Midlands. Um, so her, his mum would have started his training as soon as he was born, effectively. Then uh, my police force picked him up when he was about eight weeks old. He went to a puppy fosterer um, until he was nine months. And their job was to show him the whole world and everything in it um and everyone in it so that when he um, eventually went to work nothing would be a surprise you know shiny floors restaurants train stations you name it um uh, and then he came to me at nine months um and then we sort of we sort of taught each other really um, we trained each other um i was new to the job i was new to the role um and although Finn had been born to do it obviously he was new to the training too so um yeah we started about our training from when about nine months Nine months up, oh wow. Um, so, if anybody wants to follow Finn, if you aren't doing already, then you can follow him on the K9, and that's K and the number 9 Finn, and he's on Instagram, and there's lots of fun things that he, he does on there, even though he's retired, he seems like he's still having a good old time. Um, <laughs> so, we'll go on to the questions. Um, so could you tell us about Finn's Law and how that, that came apart? I know it was a, a quite a harrowing story, so um, yeah, if you could tell us about that. Yeah, so I mean, uh, anybody who doesn't know the story, Finn and I were a uh, police dog team for, uh, for about seven years, and he started when he was on the streets, when he just after his first birthday, and he retired on his eighth birthday. When he was about seven and a half, which is uh, was on the 5th of October 2016, we were, just went to what we thought was a normal job. Um, uh, we ended up chasing a, a young lad through the streets on foot. Um, now, he was young, fit and athletic, and he was getting away, and so I sent him to stop him. Um, and I wasn't that far away from him, so I knew that I could back Finn up very quickly. I didn't know he had a knife. I thought he might have had a stick, but Finn and I were trained to deal with that sort of thing, and we would obviously overpower them very quickly to make the, the weapon ineffective. But it turned out that, that it wasn't a Oh, it was uh, it was the biggest knife I've ever seen on the street, and um, the first time I saw it, it was coming out of Tim's chest. Um, he then went to stab me, and Tim, you know, bravely, heroically put himself in, in the way of that uh, that thrust around the knife, and, and without doubt saved my life that night. Tim didn't let go until the job was done. We had to wait until backup arrived because this guy made his intentions very clear that he was prepared to potentially kill us in order to get away from us that day. Um, and so, 
I scooped him up uh, and we, we rushed to the vet where we found out he'd been stabbed through the lung. Um, it's four holes in his lung. Um, and uh, yeah, we set about trying to, to sort of save his life. Eventually he had a four hour operation to, to get in there and, and sew everything back together. But off the back of that, you know, that horrible incident, it really was you know, the worst thing I'd ever been involved in. Um, the public were obviously interested in what had happened and wanted to know what was going to happen to the offender. Um, a colleague of mine has resurrected a petition that's been used a number of times asking for uh, police dogs to be treated the same in law um, as a police officer because currently they were being treated as if they were property. Yeah. Um, it's just stuck in everybody's throat and it's stuck in my throat. You know, Finn, he isn't a piece of property, he's my best mate, he's my partner. We spend more time together than I do with any, um, any human. Um, and, you know, he includes my parents, my wife, and children. Um, and so, yeah, so the public could understand why he was being treated as if he was someone had just broken a coffee mug. Yeah. Um, and so the petition did incredibly well. Um, and I think it caught the government off guard. Um, and uh, we ended up having a debate because we reached 127,000 signatures in 11 days. Wow. It was incredible. And that, that um, we then went, I, I went to Parliament for the first time to listen to the debate. And the cross party support for what we were asking for was, was incredible. And it really, you know, it really blew me away. Um, and being a police officer as well, we're not, we're not allowed to be involved in politics. It was important to me that it was across party support. Um, and, and really the journey started there. I mean, if you want to change anything in, in law, um, it's never a quick, uh, never a quick process. Um, you think of uh, like Lucy's Law, which has been 10, 11 years in the making. Um, so, uh, we, we, I realised that I could do it on my own. I, as I say, I'm a police officer and I can't be involved in politics, but it was, so it was about getting the, the public behind it. You know, they really love their animals, they really love their police dogs and police horses uh, and what they do out there. So we started to share stories. The book obviously really, really helped with, um, with getting the message across. Then because we had the book and it was doing so well, we did a circuit on on daytime uh, chat shows and stuff like that. And really, really, you know, all those things came together to, to build this uh, incredible, incredible campaign. And of course, Britain's got talent helped a little bit too. Yeah, absolutely. So now, um, police dogs and horses, if they're injured in the line of duty, then that is a criminal offence now. Yeah, yeah, so it never was in this country. There was a, a number of loopholes in a number of laws which meant it was very difficult to get a, a prosecution if someone hurt, it, uh, hurt um, uh, one of these animals. Um, and, but now we've closed those loopholes so that there is a specific offence. Now, there, there is a kind of a, a second part to that. I don't know if you want to come on to that later, but that's what we call things law part two. Yes. And that's just to make sure that the sentences are, are correct. Yeah. not at the moment. Absolutely, yeah, we'll, we'll go on to that because someone had a good question about that. So, um, how long did it take for Finn to recover from his injuries? So, he wasn't allowed to do anything at all for six weeks. Um, I mean, he had, um, uh, it, was, it was one stab, went, um, one thrust of the knife went through um, his armpit, which initially travelled along the outside of his ribs, but then hit a rib and went in. 
so he had two through and through injuries, so he went through one lobe and out the other side, and then went through the next lobe and out the other side, he had four holes um, in his lungs. And then obviously all those muscles on that side of the body had been sliced open, so everything needed to stitch back together, and of course he had to recover from the operation itself. Mm. So he wasn't allowed to do anything at all for six weeks. Um, which was quite difficult, but I mean, he, he felt pretty rotten anyway. Um, and after six weeks, it was if he knew uh, that he was fine and he could get on with stuff. Now, we had to slowly and gradually build his, um, his, his strengths and his uh, um, duration again. Um, but it was Finn that said that he wanted to go back to work. So we started some real low-level um, exercises, like the property searches and, and hunting for his ball and stuff like that. Um, um, and, and Finn, you know, he relished it, he loved it, he wanted to move on. And so as his strength built, he moved these exercises on to the more, you know, the harder exercises. And if at any point during that um, recovery, Finn had said, you know what, I don't want to do that anymore, then we would have retired him there and then. Um, but Finn was the one who really he was dragging me on, he was marching on. So his recovery, I have to say, nothing at all for six weeks, and then another four weeks of building him up, um, and then he returned to work uh, 11 weeks and one day after being um, done. Wow. Pretty incredible. Yeah, that was a special tour. Um, so how, how old is Finn now? Well, funny you say that, it's uh, his birthday, his 11th birthday is tomorrow. Oh, happy yeah. birthday to Finn for tomorrow. Thank you very much. So oh. we've got all sorts of cakes and treats. Nice dog walk um, that we'll take him on tomorrow. Lovely. And how long was he your partner for? I know he's your partner now, he's your friend, but how long was he working with you for? Uh, so he, he started on the streets just after his birthday. So I had it before his birthday, but we didn't finish our courses until just after that. Um, and he, I'd always planned to retire him on his eighth birthday. So even though he returned to work when he was like seven and three quarters, yeah. Um, still had that final three months of, of work and then he retired. Uh, the day before, day before, I think it was the day before, his, his eighth birthday. Okay. Um, so we were on the streets for nearly seven years together. We had an incredible career. It was such an amazing adventure. Yeah. Um, I always I always say that if you if you enjoy what you do for, for, for a living, it never feels like work. And that's what it was like with us. It was oh, just great. That's so, so, this is a really good question. How this... Did Finn, as your partner, let you know if there was something or, or someone to worry about in the environment? Okay, so so um, when they're young, we treat them, we teach them to effectively uh, come searching for their ball. So if someone happens to be holding their toy, then they mark the person until they get the toy back. As they become older and more experienced, they start to feed off of um, the person. So if the person's nervous and scared, um, and of course, it will feed off of my uh, emotions too. So if I become nervous and excited when we found someone, then Sid will uh, feed off of that and, and react uh, to to, um, to the person. Of course, most of these people are hiding in hedges or uh, under cars or in woodlands or, or, or things like that. So if we come across them, um, then it's fairly obvious that they're the value that we're, that we're after. So a combination of that experience. Um, some of these people are not pleased to see us and they will lash out and German Shepherds being German Shepherds they're very protective and so if that sort of thing happens then the dog will absolutely um, will 
will absolutely disable you. So, yes, a combination of that, that bond and that teamwork. Sure. Does, um, are German Shepherds the only police dog, the only dog, breed of dog that police work with? No, no. I, I think they're, they're certainly in the majority still. Uh, but if you think about the work that Finn did and my current police dog do, that's, that's more searching for people um, and things that people have been in contact with, so things they might have discarded. Um, so for that sort of role, we tend to use mostly German Shepherds, but I've got a friend who works um, a Dutch herder. Okay. Uh, I've got another friend who works a uh, Belgian Shepherd, so a Malinois. Yeah. Um, and there are a few other uh, dogs in the mix as well, and you get lots of crosses as well, so cross Mali, cross Shepherd, cross Herder, um, cross Shepherd. Uh, but I think we tend to always come back to the German Shepherd, and for me, I think the reason that is if you want a dog, and no people will correct me, um, but if you want a dog to do one thing incredibly well, then you'd probably pick a Malinois because they're incredible. So if you wanted an out-and-out attack dog, then you'd probably pick a Mali. But if you want a dog to do a whole host of things, and the, the, what our general purpose dogs, which is what Finn was, um, they are asked to do an awful lot of different things. And I think if you want a dog to do that, then a German Shepherd is much more, more suited um, towards that. But then we have our specialist dogs as well, so our search dogs, our explosive dogs, uh, drugs, cash and weapons dogs, they're normally spaniels or labradors. So there are a few different breeds for you. Sure, yeah. Dogs' noses are incredible, aren't they? Like, oh, they are. Absolutely phenomenal. So, how fast could Finn run when he was he was out with you on the beach? So we never, um, we never got a speed gun out to to test it, but um, I would estimate at about 30 miles an hour. Wow, okay. Um, and I was reading you yeah. could um, jump eight foot fences. Yeah, 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 like they weren't there, which um, which is which is good for him, but not quite so good for me, because I've also, also got to try and keep up with him. Um, <laughs> so, and, and of course, when they're jumping over fences through people's backyards at night, you need to make sure that the other side is safe for them to land, because we have all sorts of stuff in our garden, don't we? Yeah, so, of course. Um, yeah, but yeah, he can clear eight foot fences. Um, clear six foot fences like they weren't there. Wow. Uh, but then how I've got to get over them <laughs> as well. It's never as easy. Cheering you on. Oh. Um, so we obviously know it's Finn's birthday tomorrow. Someone yeah. asked, uh, well, Sarah asked whether he has any favourite treats that he enjoys. Yeah, so, I mean, he enjoys anything that's in my mouth. Okay. <laughs> Um, I mean, he'll do just about anything for hot dogs because throughout his career we've used hot dogs for lots of training and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, he'll bend over backwards for cheese. Um, and he is quite a foodie, so there isn't much he won't eat. Sometimes he does look at his own food and things, but you're not eating it, so give me what you've got. Add but, a bit uh, of cheese on you know, Hot dogs and cheese, I think. Oh, nice. Okay, great. And what does Finn get up to now he's retired? What's like a normal day for him? Oh gosh, uh, depends if I'm at work or not, and uh, obviously I'm still a, a dog handler, um, and even through all this corona stuff at the moment I'm still working. Um, Thank you, and working so hard. So if I'm at work, if I'm at work early in the morning, um, he sort of opens one eye, you can almost hear him laughing to himself as I have to get dressed and go to work, and he goes back to sleep. Um, so in that case he'll be with the family all day long. Um, He's a, he's a lovely family dog, so he, you know, he gets on with everybody. He'll follow my wife around, 
especially if she's cooking. Uh-huh. Um, and then when I come home, we'll, we've got a number of training venues, very local, plus one across the road from us where I can take him out and have some fun. I might hide the children for him so he's got to go and try and <laughs> okay. um, It just helps to keep him fit and active and to keep this yeah. nice and active too. Yeah. Um, if I'm at home, then we'll, we might, obviously not at the moment, but in normal times we would go and have adventures. There's all sorts of events that we do. Um, we do talks. We go around the country doing talks about uh, our life and our journey and things law is well part two. Yeah. Um, and we've done crazy things as well, like abseiling down 50 meter clock towers to raise money. Wow. Uh, we've been to Florida together where he sat next to me on the plane all the way there and all the way back. Really? Yeah. yeah. God, I bet uh, the yeah, air hostesses love him. Yeah, he was really good. He just fell asleep. He was obviously used to sitting in the back of a dog van for hours on end. On end. So, yeah, so he just fell asleep. He was just a good boy. He woke up to pinch my bread while I went lunch time and then went back to sleep again. But, yeah, we've been jet skiing, uh, paddle boarding, surfing. He loves the beach. We've been to the beach a few times. So, mm. although he's retired, he's still pretty busy. But he wouldn't have it any other way. He loves it. Mm. So, you, you touched on it just there, Dave. But could you tell us more about Finn's Law Part 2 and what that's doing to help companion animals? Yeah, so so initially when we started the Finn's Law journey, we thought it was going to be a standalone piece of legislation. Um, there was a number of reasons for that. The government told us that they didn't want, there was no appetite to do anything else, and blah, blah, blah. So we thought it was going to be a standalone piece of legislation on its own, not sitting within another act. And, and when we thought that was going to be the case, we were saying we want five-year penalties, maximum penalties. It's a starting block anyway, uh, because the Animal Welfare Act, the current maximum sentence in that is six months, and that just didn't feel right. That uh, I don't think the Animal Welfare Act should be six months. I just think it should be much higher. But if we're going to introduce a new law for service animals, then we need, I thought we needed to start the bar higher in the hope that maybe we encourage the other existing animal welfare laws to, to match it. Um, eventually, the government told us um, that weren't going to get a standalone law, and that we, were, we had to try and work towards having an extra piece of legislation added to the Animal Welfare Act. Right. And we said that's fine, but we need to increase it from six months to five years, um, because I think, I hope you and your, your listeners would agree that six months for the worst cruelty and neglect you could ever imagine, um, just doesn't feel right, yeah. six months, I mean... I get told about the, the worst cases, as I'm sure you do as well, and you see them in the news, and you think, how can you do that to another living being and only face, well, normally a slap on the wrist, but... Yeah. Um, so Finn's Law Part 2, because now Finn's Law sits in the Animal Welfare Act, the maximum is six months, we're now pushing for that, um, that five, those five-year sentences, which we are doing quite well, but crazy things keep happening, like... Uh, general elections and coronavirus and things like that and so it's got a little bit slow at the moment there are 650 MPs in the UK uh, currently we've got I think it's something like 
360 or 370 MPs supporting our calls for the increase in sentencing. Um, now, this is a campaign that other people are running too, so Bacchus are pushing for it, RSPCA are pushing for it. Mm. But because of, we did Tins Law and we did BBT and we talked to the whole nation about it, we think they did Tins Law Part 2. We've got huge support for it. We just need to try and whittle down those last I think, 280 MPs and, and get them all on side. Is there anything we really can do? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's really where um, you and your followers and Finn's followers sort of um, can can do their bit. The best way to communicate with anybody's MP is via an email. Um, they're all on social media, but very rarely do they answer anything on social media. Letters are obviously brilliant if you don't have access to email, but email is brilliant. They check their emails every day, and and it literally just needs to be a two-line email saying you've heard about Finn's story. Um, we've heard about Finn's Law and Finn's Law Part 2. You would really like them as as, as their MP to support uh, Finn's Law Part 2, which is actually, its official name is the Animal Sentencing Bill, the Animal Welfare Act Sentencing Bill, when it next appears in Parliament, which we hope is on the 12th of June, depending on, of course, what happens sure, uh, sure. With, with the virus. Yeah. Um, uh, and again, even if it doesn't appear on the 12th of June because of the Virus, you know, at some point it will be back in Parliament, so we we need people to get their MPs on side. Uh, I don't know if you know how how bills work in Parliament, but if, if all 650 MPs were sitting in the chamber and 649 voted yes, if one voted no, the bill starts again. Right. We really need every MP. Right. I can't see why anybody would argue that the worst neglect of cruelty should face a much bigger um, penalty. Absolutely. Yeah. So please help us, please get behind us. Yeah. Um, now the other thing is to let Finn know um, via social media accounts at K9Finn. It's, it's K9Finn on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, let Finn know that your MP has said yes uh, because then we can add it to our map of MPs. Finn's got a map of MPs that we like to, to colour in and show, show the support. Brilliant. Okay, we'll do that first. So I saw yesterday on your Instagram that yes, that yesterday was quite a special day. It was a memory of what happened in the House of Lords last oh, year. Oh yeah. yeah! Oh gosh, that was such an incredible. So he's been to Parliament about twenty times, which is quite unusual because he's, although he had an amazing career, he is no longer a service dog, and it's only really service dogs that can go into Parliament. So every time he went, we had to get special permission. And of course, it was incredible to have him in there. He was in for every step of um, the journey, the Things Law journey, the good and the bads. And um, so that was the final, the final step. One year ago today, was in the House of Lords, the final vote before it went to the Queen to be signed on. Yeah. And and it was as if they knew. They just had their vote to ask the the eyes, and at that point, they barked. <laughs>
the work that you and your wife and your colleagues are doing during the coronavirus as a key worker, going out there and um, still helping people. and um, Stay home, save lives. Supporting, all we're doing is supporting the NHS because they, they really are up against it at the moment. They're an incredible, um, an incredible organisation full of amazing people who are turning out every day and really putting their lives at risk. So we can all support them by staying home and saving lives. If you're staying at home and you get bored, yeah, <laughs> this is it. And if you finish with it, you can use it as toilet paper. <laughs> oh gosh, not a bad idea. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Dave. And I will announce Thank the competition um, of who's won Dave's and um, Finn's fabulous book uh, shortly. So, Thank yeah. you. Take care. Bye. Bye.